From the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's the Tiny House Podcast. I'm Perry. I'm MJ. And this is Mark Donald Grimes. Mark Donald Woo-hoo! Grimes. Welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. How's it going? Good. Mark just got back from a, a week-long road trip with one of his sons. Yep. Coast to coast. Well, kind of coast to coast. From really? From here to Detroit. Yep. In the car. In the car. With your sons. Out. Yep. Is this the uh, reason why we're wearing the scruffy beard today? No. Kind of. Well, you know, I just started it at the trip, and now it's time for my annual beard. That's what oh, I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So but how was, was that? A lot of... A lot of tumbleweeds, a lot of shredded, retreaded tires on the side of the roads. They call really? those alligators. Do they really? Yeah, alligators. Because they look alligators. like alligators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just um, a lot of dead deer. Really? Oh, I yeah. Bet. yeah. And a lot of just driving, man. A lot of semis. Yeah. That, that you know, and a lot of Middle America. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was uh, an interesting trip. A lot of uh, uh, it made me realize how kind of dirty Portland is. Really? Yeah, a lot of the cities we hit from Utah to Idaho and places like this, just not not the not the filth in the roads that we have here in downtown Portland have become accustomed to the dirtiness, I think. Oh, with the with the um the transient population well, kind too. of leaving behind yeah. there, yeah. We didn't see homeless people till we hit Detroit. That's you know? interesting. I mean in Des Moines, downtown Des Moines was like uh Utah. Really? You know, just clean, not even cigarette butts in the ground. Hmm. Now maybe I was in Different parts of town. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's probably some, but from what we saw, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. So, how long were you gone? Um, seven days. The trip took five, and then two days in Detroit driving around. Detroit's amazing. I mean, it's so it's why built Detroit? For, that's where you got a job offer at an agency there, 300 oh, okay. person ad agency. But no matter where you are in Detroit, you're 15 minutes away from any place else in Detroit. Right. Yeah. And there's no like we're so used to this in Portland, but there's no traffic jams. Mm-hmm. You just get there because mm-hmm. it's like eight and ten lane highways. Mm-hmm. Right. Which was nice. Mm-hmm. And coming back to this, and like yesterday, spending an hour and a half getting downtown. <laughs> Which should be twenty minutes. It's like not so much. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah, it was. It was great. It was a very good trip. Something we'll remember the rest of our lives. A lot of hotels. A lot of every place we ate. One of the goals was <coughs> never eat at a fast food chain. Yeah. Yes. So we ate all the local places. Yeah, we. Cool. Yeah, we do that too when we travel. I'm actually. I'm leaving on a ten day road trip today. Where are you going? So. Uh, oh, that's right. You're on vacation, aren't you? I'm a vacay. Yes, I'm leaving today. I'm actually headed to Vancouver Island. Oh, nice. Holy cow. Did you know, first of all, a little factoid here, the Vancouver Island has the highest concentration of mountain lions slash cougars in the world. Really? Yes. Wait a second. So is Vancouver, B.C. on Vancouver Island? No. No. Okay. Victoria, B.C. is on the southern tip of Vancouver Island. But Mm. Vancouver Island is almost half the size of the state of Oregon. It is huge. It's going to take us a couple of days, you know, little hip-hops here and there. We're headed all the way from the southern tip, um, which is Victoria, all the way to the northern tip, which is Port Hardy. Um, The north part of the island is nothing but bears, cougars, woods, and, like, fishermen. Like, I mean, it is mm, almost Alaska wilderness. Mm. 
And then we'll be circling back. We're also taking a 11-hour guided sort of taxi boat tour on the west coast of the island, Mm. headed to a, um, a really cool tourist town called Tofino. Um, Say the name again. Tofino. Oh, Tofino. I thought yeah. you said Cold Access Tofino. Access by boat only? Um, almost. Yeah. yeah, there's only one road in and out. The interesting wow. thing about Vancouver Island is the east side, there's a highway that runs along the coast on the entire east side. On the west side, nothing. Huh. So hmm. even though you may be going from one town to the next, which is maybe 10 miles apart on the west side, you have to traverse the entire island all the way back to the east coast, oh, wow. go south, wow. and then go all, all the, the way, way back. back to the west side <laughs> wow, because there's no highways or transportation on the west side at all. So wow. it's all boat and float plane, hmm. which, by the way, makes the real estate and the rental prices Insanely expensive on the west. Side, on the west side, where there's no roads and stuff. Correct. Well, that makes it sense. It is crazy because yeah. you only you ship that right. Only or, people with helicopters, yeah. planes, yeah. and you know a stupid amount of time like we're going to have. Um, actually, or building skills. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like go to these towns. It's crazy, but um, wow. So yeah, hmm. probably a little. But we don't. It, anyways, I was just co- commenting. Yeah, yeah. We don't eat at fast food restaurants when we travel either. Yeah. Just absolutely will. You know, even you know the sketchy little roadside cafes. That's our. That's our <laughs> speed. That's our thing. Totally. Yeah. So what? What uh, the the five hundred dollar question is? Which uh, sleeping vehicle are you taking? So we decided not to take Eris the Hippie Teardrop. What? what? I know, because be we're taking cold. the ferry, oh. and it is too expensive. Hmm. It's too expensive to take your car and Eris? Correct, because it? it's several hundred dollars to take Eris the Hippie Teardrop. Why? And it's just plywood and an axle. Because on the ferries, they charge you by the foot. Oh. And they charge you more per foot for trailers than they do for the original vehicle. Oh. So it's super, super expensive to take a trailer. Sounds political to me. <laughs> so, like, no, the hotels don't want people yeah, to stay in places. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. oh, wow. However, what I did yeah. do um, is I built a platform bed in the back of Dora the Explorer. So now, door, so it's really cool. So we got the kayaks on top. Yep. We got the platform bed with the storage underneath. And uh, yeah, so we're going to be... Besides, the other thing is, too, because um, tent was an option, of yeah, course, for yeah. those places we can't afford the Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. Um, I ain't sleeping in a tent in bear country and cougar country and... Yeah, so I... You've got a lot of meat to be Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly, exactly, so... Yeah. Um, you know, this is a perfect segue because you could have used one of uh, Zach Yeager's vehicles on this trip. Next time, I'm going to call and ask. Well, you don't have to wait to call and ask because he's on the show with us. <laughs> Zach Yeager <laughs> from Cascade Campers, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. So, um, it, last week... We interviewed um, Carolyn Campbell, who is traveling the United States rural areas and finding out some fascinating things about those people. And and she is traveling in. I, I'm a little bit confused actually now. Is it is it one of your vans or a van that looks like yours? Um, it is one of them that I built for her. Got so it. She was uh, one of my early customers. Okay. Okay, great. So, so Zach, you're, you're, it's interesting. Your, your background is what got you into this was basically v- v- old-style VW buses. 
And one yeah. of the one of the things that you write in your your uh, website, I just love this sentence. Over the years, Zach learned to relish the spontaneous mechanical learning opportunities inherent to VW bus travel. That's a really <laughs> that's a really positive spin on a piece of bullshit that you have to drive around in. When Fixing got, broken shit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the it's only surprising. Thing that- some of the most amazing things happen when you're broken down on the side of the road. And I've gotten to the point where I I basically tell anybody who wants to get an old Volkswagen, like they're awesome, but you have to enjoy breaking down. If you're terrified of breaking down, it's not the car for you. Yeah, the only thing about a Volkswagen bus breaking down is the potential for the car fire. <laughs> I have a this new is, website. Yeah. I have a new website idea for you: bailingwireandducttape.com. Exactly. Well, thankfully, he doesn't have to do that with his his new camper. So tell us, tell us how how you went from uh, 1964 Volkswagen and buses to the vehicle that you have now and tell us what the vehicle is you have now because i don't know the name of it okay so it's the the vehicle is the ram promaster city um so that's the platform that i build the campers on now um it's kind of a mouthful um and uh i got to those um really it's been a kind of a dream forever i've been into old volkswagens and i just i love the opportunities to be able to go off on road trips and it was so good for me to do all of that um, over the years, and I wanted to come up with a way to make that uh, more accessible to everybody else, because not everybody enjoys breaking down. Um, <laughs> so you need a modern vehicle um, that doesn't have those kinds of issues. Um, and uh, um, here recently, when they started, uh, uh, actually, what, Ford, Nissan, and um, Ram um, started bringing, uh, importing these small vans in, um, I was like, hey, my opening is finally here. Um, and I've actually tried out all of them and, and settled on the Ram um, for, for all kinds of reasons. Uh, but, yeah, and it's just, it's, it's doing exactly what I wanted, too. It's, it's enabling folks to have that same experience that I had when I was younger in an old Volkswagen van, except in a, in a modern car. And, you know, when old <laughs> Volkswagen vans, they weren't quite as old 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there were repair shops that could fix them just about anywhere, and it was a you know, much easier thing. They're significantly older and significantly more expensive, too, at this point, yeah. um, versus the, the, the Rams, which really just, it's, it's that small car um, that's also a camper van that can be everything. It's your, the car you drive to work. Um, it's the car you go on amazing road trips. It's the car you go to Home Depot in. Um, I mean, wh- whatever it is. And, and that's what the Volkswagen bus was for me. And so that was really, that's what I'm trying to recreate uh, for for everybody else. Well, the reason why I thought that our listeners would really find your vehicle fascinating is because we have spoken with many people who have taken Dodge vans or um, the more well-heeled people have taken uh, those sprinters and converted them into uh, stealth vehicles. And one of the things that I really found attractive about yours, number one, is the smaller form factor, but also the price. You said the price of these things was, how did you explain it? Fully built out was the cost of a, a used car or something like that? Um, so the, the conversion is $7,000. Um, so you bring me a van, and it's seven thousand dollars, and I do everything. Um, and so you can buy, you can find these vans. So it's a twenty fifteen and up Ram Promaster City, um, and 
you can find those. I've seen them for as little as fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars up to you get a brand new one. I think retail is like thirteen, but most of my customers have said they've been buying them in the nineteen to twenty one thousand dollar range. So you got a brand new camper for mid to high twenties. It's interesting, the tiny house movement and the various, shall we say, the evolution of the tiny yeah. house movement, yeah. right? Because we we did this whole tiny house thing, and we love simplicity, and people that live in tiny houses like to travel, and then people started figuring out that tiny houses aren't exactly very conducive for travel. Right. So then there was this next, we'll call it wave, with the bus conversions. Yes. Mm-hmm. So people were buying really cheap school buses for four grand, five grand, or less, um, and then converting them, but they're discovering that the school buses are having a difficult time, even more so than tiny houses. Oh, the school bus conversions are having a much more difficult time, not just finding a place to park permanently, but even mm. finding a place to park temporarily. Yeah. Like yeah. when you're in town, there's no stealth thing going on. <laughs> right. You're a yeah. big school bus painted blue. Like people generally are more... Um, kicking them out of neighborhoods far faster than tiny houses, which are considered cute mm. and, oh, that's so adorable, come park in my yard. But the school buses... Yeah. Now, mm. I, as a matter of fact, I saw a post on the Tiny House People Facebook page yesterday. Um, more and more people <coughs> are actually heading towards the van life direction. And someone actually said, I'm going to be converting a van... Am I part of this movement? Like, can I be on this tiny house Facebook page? Can I? And, of course, the answer was yes. Obviously, we're really all talking about the same thing. We're just talking about different ways of getting there. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And the the ProMaster, the van that that Zach uh, um, remodels into basically a camper, is... It's so small, it can be parked almost anywhere, it looks like. I mean, I've never been in one of these, so I don't r- know firsthand. But it, it, Zach, is it smaller than a VW bus? Um, you know, I should know that off the top of my head, but I don't. Um, in terms of overall length, um, it's probably about the same as a VW bus, um, but in, in other dimensions, it's really smaller. Mm. Um, I mean, it's, it's no bigger than a, a, a regular you know, Honda Civic or something. Um, in terms of form factor, um, it's one of those things that I mean, you can. There's no parking garage. You can't go in with one of these things. There's oh, no... yeah, like you can spot. You can park in you know compact spaces. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, so Zach, I have to ask then: if it's that small, what can you possibly put in there that makes it like gives the comfort of home? All the stuff. Um, <laughs> All the, the stuff. stuff. <laughs> well, next question, Perry. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely the challenge. I mean, it's, it's just at a, at a more, at, at another level compared to a tiny house where you just, you get used to like, how do you work with the space and make the most of the space and, um, you know, having, having things that, that function in more than one way, um, well, that's, and, the, that's yeah. the funny thing, like all this stuff. So what Perry mm-hmm. do you need? Well, I would. So, I mean, you're living in a smaller space than you know most of America. But again, when you're moving into this, is even a more extreme version than what I'm doing. I know my 350 square foot tiny. Yeah, this is even more extreme. And and again, on on a different scale, I'm going to be quote unquote living out of a Ford Explorer Mm -hmm. for ten days. So, Mm -hmm. Mark and I have been having discussions about what do we need. Yeah, and for me, right right at the moment, I mean, I literally have a pot to piss in. And so all I would need is some access to water 
Okay. Uh, some place to put water that I've used. Okay. Um, I don't need a lot of it. Presumably, I could dribble it out while I'm driving or something like that. <laughs> as long as it's not black water. Um, and then some place to sleep. And then it would be nice. Like Zach's vehicle, you can't stand up in. It's okay. not tall enough. So it would be nice to have something that you could stand up in. Um, but if, if not, at least something that you can sit up in comfortably uh, and not have that necessarily be a folded out bed. So if the bed could fold up and made a couch of some sort, right. then and, and you had a place to to work on a laptop that did not require it being on your lap all the time. Okay. So okay. essentially, I guess, and then something to cook in because I like you. I don't want to eat if I I haven't you know I haven't eaten in a fast food restaurant in I don't even remember. It's been so many years, and so it would be great to be able to cook inside the vehicle. Right, and then because of the trouble, except for someone we know whose name will not be used, um, it's so difficult to park these kind of things in places that are beautiful. Right, you know. It would have to be something that could sneakily move into some place that could be parked where you could, you know, um, operate out of it with lights on and not be able, not be sticking out like a sore thumb that someone's living mm-hmm. in it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but what I'm saying, I guess my point of asking that question so directly was what do you need is such a personal conversation with yourself. Very good. It is. It really yeah, is. Yeah, it is. And, and then I, I guess some, you know, depending on what you do for hygiene, you need some place to store some clothes. Right. And Zach's, Zach's vehicle, I mean, he says on his website, he says, uh, let me just find that real quick. Here it is. Um, our campers are small. They have limited storage space and you can't stand up inside them. But the comparatively diminutive size of our vans allows them to go places others campers cannot. And the scant but adequate storage compartments out back make the living space much more open and comfortable. Awesome. So so uh, so Zach, tell me what do you what do you get? I know you said all the stuff, but what what exactly do, do you get? A burner? Do you get a sink? Do you get running get water? Pooper? Do you get a place to poop? Yeah. Um, so all of that except for the last one. Um, so <laughs> no uh, pooper. You have to take your bucket um, yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah, and that that's definitely the, the you know the, for the size. Um, yeah, I have yet to come up with a good solution for that. But um, no, what the, kind of the overall design of it, you've got a, a couch that turns into a bed. Um, it's a very, very quick and easy process. Um, I find that if, it's not, if, if something's not quick and easy, then it just doesn't get done, and you just leave it as a bed all the time. Yeah. Um, and the couch is very comfortable. It's one of those things that it's, uh, there's a fair amount of time getting the, the angles and the, and the cushioning and all of that just right so that it's, it's a place that you could happily sit and read for hours if you wanted to, for example. Um, uh, so in addition to that, um, there is a sink um, that uh, has a five-gallon water tank in it uh, or, or that, that feeds it. Um, and actually, that five-gallon water tank is set up so that that can also be your drinking water. Um, so the tank is actually removable Hmm. and then you can go and fill it versus having to have the tank that you have to run a hose out to. Hmm. Um, and, uh, that saves the need for carrying a hose around, um, that prevents the taste of hose when you're drinking your water. Um, (laughs) I've grown accustomed to it. (laughs) you, You know, you get used to it, but, uh, um, and, uh, um, in, in the case of our vans, we don't do gray water. Gray water just goes on the ground. Got it. Um, it's not very much water that you're using. And, uh, I, even in cities, I've never had any problems at all. It's one of those that you're, uh, the, the way the faucet works, um, it's got a, 
a pump that's a submersible pump, and okay. then the faucet actually has the ability to adjust how much water comes out. Oh. So you can be really sparing with the water, and you're really not using much. The five gallons last quite a while. Hmm. Um, in addition to that, it it has a, a small stove. It actually just uses a butane stove. I have yet to find anything better. Um, those uh, you know inexpensive butane stoves really function function really well um, and very easy and comfortable to cook inside there. So you can, the counter is right there at, at just a nice height to be able to cook. Um, I mean, it's one of my favorite things to do is, is uh, cook when I'm, when I'm traveling around in it. Um, in addition, it's got a refrigerator. Um, so it's a Dometic CF25, but it's a top opening refrigerator. Um, and I find it's plenty of, for, for anything you might need. Um, uh, definitely for one person, two people for, you know, sh- uh, shorter periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um, house battery system, solar panel to keep everything charged. Um, also charges when you're driving. Um, got a, actually a fair amount of storage space. Um, that's actually something that, that we have wording on the website that makes it sound like there's not that much storage, but we've actually found that um, there's quite a bit of storage. Um, I had one customer recently that uh, was convinced they needed more space. Um, so we installed the solar panel in a slightly different way so they could have a Yakima rocket box mm-hmm. up on top. Mm-hmm. Um, and once she got everything packed into the van, um, into all the uh, nooks and crannies. Compartments, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and, and there's nooks and crannies, but there's also these uh, storage crates mm. um, that there are five of that are really handy because they kind of, the crate functions as a drawer. Mm. Um, and, but, by the time she had everything in there, she had two empty storage crates um, and nothing in the rocket box. So she sold the rocket wow. box and wow. didn't didn't need it. Um, one of these days, I really want to like get a photo of you know everything packed in in and then you know mm. taken exploded all out on the ground and yeah, take a picture of it cool. from above and see this is how much stuff actually fits in there. Yeah. Um, so um, big bulky things are hard to fit, but but. Uh, um, one of those not big bulky stuff. Um, I think that's, I mean, that's yeah, the bulk for, of, for of clothing. It. Even for clothing, I've been thinking about like packing. So um, obviously this is like front in my mind today. So I'll actually uh-huh. be taking a sweatshirt and a rain jacket, like tank tops, yeah. T-shirts, sweatshirts, and a rain jacket that I can really easily like roll, roll up, up into a little mm-hmm. ball as mm-hmm. opposed to a winter parka, mm-hmm. right? Which is big yes. and bulky mm-hmm. and it's be like fill the entire bin by itself. Right. Instead, I can take a lot of different, you know, so um, it has been an interesting experiment even for someone my, like myself that lives fairly minimalist yeah. um, to even go smaller. Yeah, yeah. So when, you're, when yeah. you're when you're cooking on that stove, Zach, are you standing outside or are you s- kneeling inside? Or what are you doing there? Um, oh, I'm sitting on the couch. Okay. So um, it's a. I mean, it's it's a. The stove um, is a very specific one that fits in in the slot where it it uh, goes, but it's just a one of those butane stoves. Okay. Um, and it's so you can take it outside if you want. Um, I tend to just cook inside because it's. I find it's really comfortable to just sit and do things. It's one of those. It's it's. Uh, it's surprising how just nice it is to sit and do kind of do things. I mean, if you, if you picture if you were in your kitchen and you had a chair that was just the perfect height that was set up just to be able to. Do <laughs> it it. Seems, like, okay, this isn't so bad. It seems awkward. Um, it's like it's like fold. It's like folding your fingers in the opposite way you're used to doing it. It would feel awkward to sit in in your kitchen and mm-hmm. cook yeah. to me. 
it's you know everybody says that, but as soon as people have done it inside the van, everyone's like, "Oh, this is great." Um, so yeah, I, I get a lot of a lot of times people talk about they really like to stand up when they cook, and it's it's a. Uh, um, I'm I'm a Perry. Like ah, that would be that'd be weird. So um, <laughs> I guess you could get accustomed to it though, because the only reason why we like standing up when we cook is because we've never had a it. kitchen where we sat down and cooked. Well, you could just watch the Hunchback at Notre Dame and hunch over. It. <laughs> well, That's maybe. Well, no. So first of all, I cook a lot. <laughs> Second of all, I design kitchens, right. and the, the kitchens are also designed around movement. You have, you know, you have a refrigerator. You have That's a place true. where you're putting your cutting right. board. Yep. So I'm not just standing over the stove, uh, right? <laughs> I'm cooking potatoes. While I'm chopping something else, so mm-hmm. I um, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to challenge myself to try that someday. But the other thing is too, um, like what would like so you burn yourself? You can't like jump back. What do you do? <laughs> lean back, like like I you blow the flame out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, I haven't run through that. I haven't run into that yet. Uh, <laughs> that's I'm a sure good it's thing. Something that could happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know. I, I find it surprisingly comfortable to just sit there and. It feels and very vulnerable. It's actually, one one of my favorite things. I I tend to not cook much when I'm around the house, but when I'm on the road, hmm. you know, it's it's almost more of a ritual thing. It's just there's something really fun about the fact that you have the time to be able to do it, and I'm going to sit there and chop vegetables and hmm. and from that you know from the spot on the couch, you can kind of slide back and forth a little bit, yeah, and you can like reach it. the refrigerator, you can reach the sink, you can reach the stove. Um, I oftentimes <laughs> tend to if I need a little more space, I. I set things down next to me on the uh, on on the couch. That mm-hmm. we use a really heavy vinyl, so that because we know that it's going to get used for more than just sitting on and sleeping on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it sounds crazy, but it works really well. Yeah. So what do you do? So Carolyn, although Carolyn did not want us to ask her about where she parks, I know because she told me out before <laughs> we did the show. And so and and she said that one. And I didn't understand it when she said it, but she said one of the features of your vans is that you can it somehow has well just ex- how how do you make it stealthy or or do you make it stealthy do you care about it being stealthy oh stealth is 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 absolutely critical um and and uh i i i'll, I'll talk about why stealth is critical here in yeah. in a moment um but uh yes um it is definitely made to be stealth um and through multiple different ways um i guess uh i'll start with the curtains they're they're we use it uh, two layers. Um, so there's a layer that looks nice and homey on the inside, and then it's a simple gray that faces the windows. Um, and when the curtains are closed, you just don't really see anything. I mean, if you have the full bright white lights on, yeah, you're going to see a little bit of light coming out. But when it's dark out, you wouldn't want to do that anyway. Um, and uh, so in addition to that, we have, um, well, it's a small van, so it, that really helps. Um, we found that uh, we put our logo on the back corner, but we put our logo on without any words. It's just the the kind of picture of the road with the trees um, and just in a one color. And we found that people just visually, when they see a van that has a logo on it, they just kind of look past it, where if it's a van with nothing, then it's like, well, what's going on That's there? That's brilliant. Um, really? Yes. I would yes. think it's exactly the opposite. You would? I would. Totally. You know, and I think most people Is would. Is that the creepy it, white van thing? That, yeah, it's it definitely have found this uh, on on many occasions. It's it just kind of disappears. It just looks like a little work van. Yeah, it does. Um, 
So, uh, like the fan we used is a round fan um, that doesn't look like a fan. Um, it's actually one of the things that, uh, that uh, is it ends up being a challenge because there's not a lot of options. Because um, most of your roof fans are those big 14 inch square ones, oh, and yeah. that just screams, "I'm sleeping in here." Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in a van that's not that tall, so you can really see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we use this small round fan um, that works really well. Um, and then our solar panel is glued directly to the roof. Um, with a, so it's a, it's a semi-flexible panel um, that we glue using this uh, fancy, fancy German marine adhesive. Um, and because it's right up against the roof, you don't really see it. Um, so kind of all of these things are such that it just, it just blends in. Um, I have never had, you know, I, I, camping in an old Volkswagen in different places, I've, I've got a knock on the window more than a couple of times mm. um, in the middle of the night. Like, hey, you can, you know, you need to move. Um, never had that in one of these vans. Um, so you're going to say, so, you're going to explain why it's important to be stealth. Why is it? Yes. So um, <clears throat> to me, it's really the, and, and the, 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 the big thing with the vans is you can just follow whatever the next thing is. Um, and you know, like it's, uh, wherever you're, whatever might come up, there are a lot of things that you just can't plan. And, uh, you know, what, one, one great example I have was I was at a, uh, a restaurant in Bend, Oregon. Um, and the waitress, uh, told us about this awesome hot spring and it's like, well, okay, let's go. And it was a three hour drive from there, but I mean, we left the restaurant and went right to the hot spring. Mm. Um, and kind of that ability to be able to just go wherever without having to plan anything or, you know, somebody's like, Hey, there's this great show, um, in downtown Portland, for example, let's go check this out. You can just go, go to the show and your van is parked right, you know, on a side street, a couple blocks back and you can just hop right in and go right to sleep. It's, it's, you don't have to think about where you're going to be. So the no stealth Uber factor required. Makes, you really right. can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No Uber required. I, I, I have, Definitely sobered up sleeping in the back of the van at, at, you know, at least a couple times. Um, so, um, and if it's not stealth, then you can't do that. Then you've got to think about where you're going to be. And, um, I mean, really the goal of the van is to make it so you can follow whatever the next thing is without really having to think about it. Um, I mean, that's even why the refrigerator is important, because otherwise you're having to think about ice. Uh, oh, yeah. It's like, okay, when's the next time I can get ice? Um, I mean, I've had that where it's like you kind of have to plan your, your trip around things. And the idea with the van is you, everything you need is there. And so you really can, when some moment's notice thing pops up, and the most amazing things generally are, you can just jump on it and go. Yeah. That's a, that's a very good saying about life. Yeah. <laughs> the, most thing, the, the most amazing things are the things that just pop up. Mm-hmm. And so they many- are. So many few people have the opportunity to take a, take advantage of those things that's when right. they just pop up. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the best part about road trips. Um, you know, when I uh, when we decide we're going to go somewhere, we always question to what extent should we try to control. Okay, we got to be here to check into that Airbnb, and then we got to be there. So. Um, I'm sure you wouldn't be surprised if I were to tell you that when I was much younger, I was a control freak. Yeah, I would not. (laughs) (laughs) But that was when I was younger. I'm not like that anymore now. Um, So, but I always try to build in, try, I don't, I don't always succeed, but I always try to build in that, Hey, 
we're going to go over here, like left-hand turn and go explore. Right. Um, and so having, can you imagine your whole life being that way? I like know. your whole yeah. life being, okay, I want to, like, I want to get from here to Detroit by Wednesday. Right. But at the same time, I want to build in some time to just be and do and let shit come up and deal with it and then create amazing blog stories. <laughs> well see this this is where this is where I think the sweet spot of of living comes from and and it's so often missed when you're stuck in assembly line time. That time that is dictated by your job right. or, or right. other obligations that require you to be in a certain place at a certain time for a long period of time. And when you have the option of living in something like a like a Cascade camper van, you can do what you said, Michelle. You might say, "Hey, I want to go to New York this week," and and on the way to New York, oh, I want to stop in Kansas because right. there's this really cool thing, and right. do that for a week before I get to New York without any expectations or any worries or obligations. Mm-hmm. That's the digital nomad Exa- exactly. Of, right. I can do anything anywhere mm-hmm. at any time. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, I I love Remember it. Remember Dylan McGaster? Yeah, he's uh, on a boat now. He's isn't on he? a boat in Spain. Yeah. <laughs> He, he gave Thank up you, the, Patreon. Yeah, he yeah. gave up the road, the, the road trip, and wow. bought a boat. Okay, right. Which is, you know, we were speaking of the extension of tiny houses to to buses and then to vans. I think the new version is now into sailboats. Not only that, but guess what? I've been looking at buying an airplane. No. Uh oh. What's that? Oh, that's somebody trying to call us. Oh. Um. Uh, Sorry, if I can't. Or can I stop that? You just have to read it really closely and a push the right boat. button. Hold on, ex- uh, never mind. A tiny, oh, a tiny house boat. boat. A houseboat. Houseboat. It's tiny. Nice. A tiny houseboat. That's a great idea. Yeah. That sound will go away in a little while. It will. Just Sorry, listeners. Yeah. yeah. Tiny houseboat. So, yeah, it's... it's Add my collection. That actually would be pretty cool. Where Are would you put it? going to keep it on land? Uh, no, no, no. It'll be in the marina. <laughs> yeah. Right now, the challenge is I can't buy it, of course, until I find a marina which will allow me to do the short-term rentals. I can't justify yeah, the investment. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, I can't justify the investment yeah. unless I can create, you know, that additional income. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so little tiny house boat. Huh. Um, every once in a while I go on Craigslist and I just put in tiny house and see what comes up. And uh, someone used that as keywords for this little house boat. Mm, it's cute. so cute. Yeah. Is it a cool. bit of a fixer or is it in pretty good like, It's in pretty go. good condition. The decor cool. is horrid. Yeah, the decor is horrid. Are. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the thing. And that's my specialty, right? Yeah. Is the pictures make and make it pretty yep. and, and the pictures and the marketing and the, all that fun stuff. And the moorage is surprisingly inexpensive as well. I was super surprised by how inexpensive it is hmm. for a houseboat. But anyway, so yeah, I... I appreciate the uh, the evolution of the movement, and I appreciate having conversations that are, no matter how you travel, a lot of these same conversations come up. So speaking of that, um, the evolution and the demand for different types of living situations, Zach, how, how many... So you've been in business how long? Um, I think we launched the business in June of 2017. Okay. Um, so last year. And then... Uh, yeah, last year, and, and have really only been busy building conversions um, this year. That that side of the business really kicked off earlier this year. Um, not that, you know, that was, I kind of threw it out there. It was on the website, I'll build them for you, and um, and through a different, a, a few different things, it's that's grown to be a, a very busy situation, and uh, we're, you know, 
heavy in expansion at this point and figuring out how to be able to <laughs> That's so build, cool. build more more of them. Um, yeah, so we were Scaling. building two a month, and we're I think by the end of the year we'll be building five a month, and <laughs> then we'll we'll go from there. Um, so yeah, it's uh, we're in, in the process of building a new shop down here in in Grass Valley. Um, I think it's going to be finished up here in the next couple days. Grass uh, Valley, where's that at? Um, it is between Sacramento and Reno in the Sierra foothills. Oh, I thought you were in Seattle because your area code. You know, um, I was in Seattle. I grew up in Seattle. We actually just moved here uh, maybe (laughs) six weeks ago. Oh, there you go. um, Yeah, uh, both areas are great for, for camper vans, but as I found, my customers are all around the country, so like well we can pretty much go wherever we want right what are so, they so we, we settled down here what are your what are your customer what's your customer um demographic like what are they using these for are they are they part-time campers or recreational campers or full-timers or what some of all of that um yeah. so i've got a couple of folks that live in them full-time um uh i've got uh, actually it's a lot of folks that are uh near or recently retired um and a lot of folks who've had, you know, a lot of folks that were really outdoorsy for years, and then, you know, now that they decide they don't really, they still love going out and adventuring, but they don't really want to do the whole set up a tent thing anymore. Um, and yeah, I mean, m- most folks are not, they're not getting them just for weekend trips, um, at least so far. Um, it's been folks that are kind of ready to go on, on longer trips or, or, you know, live in them indefinitely. Um, I have yeah one guy who, yeah, he is a digital nomad. He writes software and lives out of the van. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's nice because you can follow where the good weather is. Um, yeah. So the the need to stand up inside becomes less of an issue if you can just go someplace where it's uh, you're happy you'd to be, be outside. outside. Yeah, we would right. be outside anyway. That's a very good point. It's very similar to that uh, those smaller teardrop trailers mm-hmm. where you can't sit up in or stand right. up inside but, right and even the kitchen is on the outside you yep lift up that back end so yeah it seems like a normal kind of thing to do and so okay so um what's next uh what's next for you in the business there do you have people working with you or are you doing this on your own um i've been doing it on my own um but i uh, actually just had uh, had a friend join here and uh um, we we also are just in the process. We're working with a, a company in uh, Emeryville um, and taken and put all of our everything that I was cutting out manually on uh, table saws and things is all getting uh, cut out via CNC. Oh. Um, so kind of all, all those things to be able to kick that production up um, and we'll still be you know keeping the quality as good or better, um, but not raising the price. I mean that's that's one of those things that's a huge huge thing for me is. Uh, you know, trying to keep these as affordable as possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now it's definitely just all about uh, making more of them. Um, I mean, right now at the two vans a month, we're booked out okay. until April. Um, and so, but wow. at, at, we're, we're sort of in this process of, of kicking it up to five. So people don't have to wait months to be able to get a van. Mm. So in the process of scaling, um, and I understand this may be a complex, you know, consideration, but in, in the... Um, have you considered designing your, shall we say, retrofitting operation to include at least one or two other types of vans, or are you absolutely married to this Ram style? 
both. Um, so at the moment, absolutely married to the, this Ram Promaster City. It is. Um, it's all about getting the getting the production to the point where um, it all kind of happens. I mean, the goal is get it to the point where it all just happens, and I'm just on the periphery of it. And then uh, um, once we get to that point, then designing and doing the next one. Um, and I really just love designing stuff, and you know, it, it's such a fun process to come up with the. The perfect way to use the the space in a in a small amount of space and, and get both out of that space. Um, so yeah, well, we will do more vans, um, but at the moment it is uh, part of the you know the, the goal of keeping them cost effective um, necessitates having them all be the same at the moment. Yeah. Um, and and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I get a lot of folks that want me to build out different vans, and and it's as soon as you start doing custom work it changes everything yeah oh yeah the the great thing too is yeah as these are all the same like everything is super well tested and i you know yeah everything it's things are going to just work great and they're going to work great great for a really long time again Uh, that's but but we do want to do more than that i mean it's close to tied to a a specific car company and you know let's say ram decides they don't want to make that van anymore yeah okay that's a it's a whole nother thing so um so we want to do more but at the moment it's it is definitely all about that particular van Builders in the tiny house movement are also coming up with that same sort of um, quandary, right? Do we do we build our um, you know your standardized model, which you can repeat and you know easily, and you've conquered the learning curve, and you can buy materials in bulk, or do you do a lot of custom work? And I'm seeing more and more even quote unquote custom tiny home builders saying, "Oh yeah, we'll customize it. You pick the paint color and the floor type." (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And that's what we're about to do too. Is actually give it because we we're going to do it. But that's the kind of customizing you get because it is. Other than that, it's hugely expensive. Mm. Um, I mean, just the the design time and making sure everything works is is when you're just doing it again and again and again. Um, it's great, and and there are people willing to spend the money to get the custom stuff done too. But um, but it's that time for me you. at least yeah. having that yeah, it's for me to stay excited and to be really engaged in this business is I have to it's got to be done in a way that is cost effective and, and enabling folks that would otherwise not be able to have a camper van, have a camper van. Yeah. So, so having done this yourself and seen enough other people do it, what's some of your advice to people that are looking like a three or six month trip as far as, you know, here, think about your mail or think about this. What's some, what's, what's some good advice for people? Um, I mean, the thing is everybody travels differently. Um, but I think keeping that stealthness is super important. Um, and kind of really thinking through what that looks like and, and figure out what that is. Um, one of the, one of the tricks that I actually heard from somebody a while back, uh, this guy that, uh, I met who, who lives in a Vanagon, um, he perfect looking condition on the outside. He washes it once a week, keeps it just spotless. Um, and, uh, that has really helped his, you know, he basically never gets bothered in parking in different neighborhoods around LA. Um, and you know, so depending on what it is, I mean, I think that's that ends up being really important. Um, also, just start with less. I mean, I think that's the that's the other thing that I think that I see a lot with the with a lot of the sprinter conversions and all that. It's like people try and pack everything in there. Yeah. Um, and and I think that you're better off um, going with less. And if you end up needing more stuff, pick up stuff along the way. Um, so I have a friend who's lived in his sixty uh, five Volkswagen bus. Um, amazing musician, this guy, Dave Manning. Um, 
uh, and he's been living in a 65 bus for, for years and years, um, Volkswagen bus. And uh, one of his tricks is he um, uh, gets uh, winter clothes. He just buys new winter clothes at the thrift shop every year and then donates them at the end of the winter season. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That's like when I went to Vermont a couple of years ago. I landed. I rented an SUV. I landed. I drove straight to Goodwill. I bought as much bedding as they possibly had. I brought my own pillow, but I yeah. brought I bought bedding. I took it to the laundromat, washed it all, and then at the end of my trip, um, I just went back to Goodwill and, <laughs> and donated all the bedding it. back in the... You know, I took it out the front door and donated it right. in the back door. Um, I think yeah. my total expenses for my bedding um, for that particular trip was like nineteen dollars or something. <laughs> so I was there for ten yeah. days. Yeah, it's so great, and it's one of those things that it's just. It, I mean, I think the more stuff yeah. you take along with you is really just slowing you down, mm-hmm. and so the the less you can get away with. And I mean, that's what these vans really are. Is. I mean, it's it's a how little can you get away with? Yeah. Um, and and I, I think that that's. Our tendency is to be prepared for everything. We've got an, you know, uh, advertisers telling us all these things that we need all the time, and we actually don't need most of that stuff. Um, yeah. But if it turns out you do, there's stores along the way. <laughs> exactly. There's stores on Vancouver Island. No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Depending on how far out. Yeah. Okay. Good call. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's a balance. No. There's definitely a balance. So, so Zach, do Absolutely. you do you uh, do you go on trips in these things of yourself? Um, I do. Um, not enough here as of recently, um, but we're really in this scaling up phase. But mm-hmm. that's one of those things that that's the definitely part of why I got into this business as well is because I actually really just love going on road trips, and and I think that you know it's research and development. Like it's an important thing. I need to go do this. Um, so. You can write it off. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you know, every time I go on a ride, you know, I, I come up with some new little thing or some. So it's uh, it's important. I, I I absolutely do love doing it. Um, but at the same time, the, the other challenge is, you know, I love vehicles you can camp in. So in addition to the vans that I build, we have multiple other vans. Um, we have a school bus that we've converted. You guys were talking about school buses earlier. Um, and so that one is fun to go to some different things anyway. It's it's a little bit more on the party bus side right. of things. Right. That's a festival bus. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. A little bit more of a festival bus. And and then the Volkswagens. Like, I still love yeah. camping in, in the old Volkswagens. And, you know, and I still enjoy it when they break down. I mean, you know, it's not the entire time. Do you guys know but, uh, that I have six? I have six trailers, right? I have Eris the Hippie Teardrop. I have Betsy the Glamper, and I'm I'm right there with you. Like every vehicle um, has an entirely different sort of little niche that it fills. Uh huh. And and it's it. it I need it's an interesting bus. one because as a whole, you've got more stuff, but when you're traveling, you've got less stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what, though, I think there's something very. Um, People say that, however, there's something probably deep down inside that um, I'm drawn to wheels. Like everything, you know, everything is on Mm -hmm. wheels. There's something about that notion that you can pick up and go, um, yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. I I get that. Yep. Yeah. You could put some wheels in your float home. They could just sit there. (laughs) Yeah. And and they can turn with the current. Just like half out of the water. Exactly. Well, yeah. um, Zach, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you so much for making the time to uh, be on. And um, I know you're busy moving back and forth between your home in Seattle, is it? And Grass Valley? Yeah. yeah. And so um, 
good swing l- by. Yeah, swing by. If you have a chance to come by and look at the studio, check out the studio. We'll ha- love to have you back on the show, actually. Um, so, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so just let us know when you're going to be in, uh, on your way through Portland, and uh, maybe we can put something together. Cool, yeah. It definitely happens often. So. Great. And, and Tiny House listeners, thank you so much for listening to another show. Hope you've enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, tune in again next week because we're going to be back with another one. Bye. Alexa, can you play us a road trip song? Here's a playlist you might like. Kesha and more on Amazon Music. Not Not exactly a road trip song, but... If you're driving off the road, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) That's a good one. Cue the fade. (laughs) Cue the fade, Mark. Uh, Namaste. All right. Oh, there's words. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. See you, listeners. Take care of each other. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sightcast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. <laughs>